This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's time to give a shout out to my dad and all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day. Yes, we are a couple days early, but we couldn't end the week without reflecting on the role that our dads play for us. And sometimes the role that we can play for our dads. It's something that Chicago Sun-Times columnist Neil Steinberg discusses in a piece that's out this week titled Answering Dad's Questions. And Neil joins us now. Welcome to Reset. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for being here. I loved reading your column. I want to hear more about your dad. Thank you. Talk about your dad. Um, How old is he and what's his story? He was a nuclear physicist uh, studying subatomic particles for 30 years at NASA. Wow. Uh, He grew up in New York. His father was a sign painter. He was a radio operator in the 50s on a ship, uh, the Empire State. He uh, retired in 1987 to Colorado to paint watercolors. Oh, my goodness. Um, Not a traditional dad. I don't think he ever (laughs) went to a baseball game. He would drop me off at the stadium. Uh, you know, and so he, he, he just, he was very, you know, you kind of, when someone's so deeply into science like that, there's a good side of it. He uh, would bring home a laser, you know, and, and I had a Van de Graaff generator, which most kids don't have. <laughs> right. Uh, there was a bad side. I remember him refusing to go to the block party saying they just devolve into beer drinking affairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was 12 and so just looking at him going, oh, right, that's you. Um, and so we, we had a very conflicted relationship over the time. Time, you know, he is a. Uh, but then as he's gotten older, you know, as I, I, I wrote about, uh, it's funny that this column sort of owes itself to Eric Zorn because Eric Zorn wrote about uh, his, his, uh, his experience with his parents' dementia, and uh, I mentioned it to my mother because I said, you know, like I could, I thought she would kill me if I wrote about it. She said, oh, I wouldn't mind. Because, you know, people tend to be very defensive. Yeah. They tend to deny it. And so I remember they gave my father a test where he didn't know what year it was and didn't know who the president was. My mother said, well, they sprang it on him. And, oh, you know, the heart sort of breaks. And yeah. so I've been watching this, this decline. And, you know, I still, I mean, they moved here in February. My mother very dynamically basically felt that she couldn't take care of him anymore. And so even though I had been pressing him for decades to come here, from Boulder, uh, they finally did in February, and uh, so I've been seeing him a lot more, taking him to dental appointments. Yeah, well, well, let's let's unpack some of what you just uh, you just reveal there, because uh, yeah, there's a lot in this in this column. Your father first started showing signs of cognitive decline about a decade ago, um, right. and as you you mentioned, this past February you you moved him and your mother in with you. You're in the Chicago area, so talk more. Well, not in with me. It, it, they're 10 minutes away. Uh, okay, just closer. Village, uh, in, in Buffalo Grove, yes. You move them closer, closer to you. Boulder. We'll yeah. talk talk more about what uh, what prompted that move. Well, it, it, it's funny. My mother had trouble getting around, you know, from his mobility issues. She's 85, he's 89. There were increasing incidents with him. She would let him drive and things. And, and I would say, Mom, he's going to kill someone in a crosswalk. His judgment's off. He gets angry. You know, I don't want to romanticize decline, you know, d- dementia, Alzheimer's. I mean, you can't diagnose it while they're alive. And uh, so he had some scary incidents, and we saw this coming. And, and I kept saying to my mom, you're, you're going to, you know, end up in, you know, looking at the sky in a Whole Foods parking lot, like wishing you had moved here. And last Thanksgiving, we, we my brother and I looked around at some uh, facilities. We found a place we thought was nice, and we took her, and she said, fine. And so in February, we all flew out and closed their house down, which was, was poignant. My father's an artist. 
and it really helped. We he had all these watercolors and easels and and archer's paper and and and, and sort of things. And we we called up uh, uh, the Boulder High School and just I just called a random art teacher and I said, "Come and take it." And they did, and I was so mm. gratified for that because you know his his art. I mean, he 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 was someone who sold paintings and was you know wrote articles about it. And uh, it's sort of funny getting getting back to the dementia because he he became fixated on what's going to happen to this stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I'm I'm a scholar in residence at the Newberry, and I asked the director of the Newberry to write him a letter saying we'll take your paintings. And so he would keep the letter on his on the co- coffee table there, and he would read it every day and be reassured. And so it was an enormous kindness that they did. And yeah. uh, you know, the, the good side of dementia is you can have the same pleasure every day. And so he always had the fresh news that there was a home waiting for his artwork. You know, a, a lot of folks listening, Neil, can relate to what you're talking about. This experience of taking care of an elderly parent or relative many of whom have dementia or, you know, maybe other neurological conditions. A lot of Americans can do, have done that, and they often do it in the shadows. Oh, it's, I mean, I, I'm surprised at the outpouring I have. I mean, it, it's so odd. This, uh, this column I wrote, I really sort of wrote it for myself. I did not plan to turn it into the paper, but I was sick myself. My mother's been in the hospital for a month, so I think she's just dragging through that hospital every day. And uh, so I, I just, it was either this or nothing, so I turned this in. And it really wasn't something that typically goes in the paper. It's almost like a creative piece because it's, it's my father asking me questions. And I'm, I, I mean, I don't, you know, you have to, I mean, it helps that we've, we got all our garbage out between us long ago. I keep telling my brother the war is over, you know, and you sort of, it's, I was just having this discussion with my mother about Father's Day because she said, you don't need to take him to uh, the Father's Day event that my sister-in-law is having because he won't know he's there and he won't like it, he won't care. And I said, yeah, Ma, but I'm kind of doing it for myself because it's Father's Day and I want him to come and he's going he's gonna to be sitting on a sofa anyways. He might as well be sitting on a sofa there. Mm. And so, you know, I think that you're at an advantage if you can do what you do for yourself and not just say I'm doing this for him because then you feel like a martyr and you're Joan of Arc or whatever. And and I, I really think that that it helps to, you know, try to treat them the way that you would want to be treated, if that makes any sense. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking with Sun-Times columnist Neil Steinberg. We're discussing a very touching column that he wrote this week just ahead of Father's Day. Uh, in it, he talks frankly about taking care of an aging parent whose mind isn't as sharp as it once was. Uh, it's an experience that so many of us have, as we ourselves are getting older. Um, so you, you seem to be taking the challenges, Neil, of your father's cognitive decline in stride, right? But Well, it's actually, I mean, he, in some ways he's a nicer guy. He could be a very hard dad. He could be sharp and critical. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I, I wrote a book about him 20 years ago. He didn't talk to me for six months. You know, I begged him. I said, Dad, don't be too dumb to be proud. Can't you say I, I wrote a book about you? I took you to Venice. I put you up in the Gritty Palace. You know, do you have to say I call you so-and-so on page 190? And the answer was, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think it helps as a child. You have to sort of uh, uh, turn the corner. I remember one of my siblings saying, you know, I'm not going to be able to help you with Dad because there was just certain resentment and things. And I said, you have to understand something. You're not hurting him. He doesn't know what day it is. You're hurting me because mm. I need you to help me. And that's one thing I think a lot of people face is you have to get sort of, you know, you, you need help. 
my brother helps me, my sister helps me. You know, it, it, it's. I, I really think that it's a time when it, it's a stressful thing for a family, and it helps to have them on board. And I know, I know families where it doesn't happen, and where certain siblings go, oh, I'm not going to see him because he won't know I'm there. Mm. And I, I think that's a really dangerous approach because you're not doing it necessarily for him. You're doing it because that's how you should treat your parents. You know, yeah. They brought you into the world, and I, I mean, I think you sort of owe them. That's, that's my view Interesting. Uh, yeah, that the the um, divide that tends to happen sometimes in, in families when someone is sick or you know going through some other ailment. It, it it's definitely prevalent in a, in a lot of families, and and people don't know how to deal in the time. Uh, I'm wondering, as you see your parent not as sharp as before, are you reflecting a lot on the earlier version of him? Oh, yeah. When I was a small child, he was a wonderful dad. He was building the visible head next to my bed. I would get sick and have croup and things. And he would, I mean, he, he, he was a painter, a sign painter in the Bronx as a young man. And so he would do these wonderful models and he would you know, make these things. And, and I would go to NASA with him. I mean, you'd have your father. I mean, at a time, you know, I had all the, the NASA patches. Because, uh, you know, he would bring me home the patch from the spacecraft, which at the time, like pre-internet, it was hard to get. And I, my, one of my earliest memories was he, he had a room filled with wax, wax blocks, neutrinos. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the walls were wax. And he was holding me over a bubble chamber, which is a, now without getting technical, you can actually see the trails of the subatomic particles moving through. I mean, the, the bad part was growing up in, a, in kind of Berea, Ohio, it made me like a three-headed dog or something, you know, in the sense of that I was I, I was completely out of step with everybody else. Yeah. On the other hand, he had a, a Hammerland, a, a shortwave radio. And I remember during the events in the 60s, Kent State and things, you know, when, when there wasn't 24-hour days news, we would turn on the BBC and listen to it on the shortwave. Yeah. Which, so it was, it was, a, it, was it, I mean, it made me the oddball that I am today. And uh, so I, I think it helps, I guess it helps to accept things. You know, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and, and the beauty of alcoholism you know, is that you have to accept what has happened. And I think that really helps when dealing with your parents is to go, this wasn't the ideal. I might have wished we had done something differently, but it's what happened, and it's, uh, I'm going to cope with it. Yeah. Tell us about your mother, Neil, because it, it sounds like uh, she hasn't seen the same kind of decline as your dad, but how has her no, relationship with him changed? Uh, it's been very hard for her. I mean, it's funny, I, you know, because she's struggling in the hospital. She had this surgery, and, and without going into details, it's, it's been like at death's door kind of thing. Oh, I'm sorry and to hear that. Fighting her, fighting her way back. And I said, well, don't you want to get back? And she's like ready to give up. And I said, don't you want to go back to be with Dad? And she's like, no, I'm not being with him for a month. Like, that, that, that's, the high, that's the upside of it. You know, she's a very saucy, so she sang in the USO. And so she was like one of those people that she, she doesn't suffer fools. And they, they, their anniversary was yesterday. It was 66 years. She married him when she was 19. Wow. A very different generation. A long time. And yeah. so, you know, I mean, and that's the, the tough thing. You know, you marry someone because you think they're a genius and they're, you know, a physics major at Ohio State, and then they they can't order from the menu. You know, it, it is, it's something, I mean, I think that's where love comes in. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and, and she's gone through without like telling her personal business. I, I think there's been a lot of difficulty, and where she finally came to realizing that. I mean, for her to come here, Boulder, Colorado, if you've ever, it's heaven on earth. Okay, with the mountains and everything. They they were they moved there because, you know, my brother and I were here. They moved to Colorado and seeking the family issues because yeah. they wanted to hike and 
and be part of that. And for her to give that up for him, I thought it was a tremendous act of love. Wow. And I thought she's showing tremendous grit. I tell her every time I see her, I say, Mom, I didn't know you had this in you. You know, <laughs> you, you, know, you, know. You, you said a second ago this um, this was kind of more like a creative piece, right? What do you want folks to take away from the column, Neil? Um, I, I, first of all, I want them to talk about it. I mean, I, I, I didn't see, you know, I'm a, my, my bread and butter is writing about anything that I can put in the And I, I wouldn't have written about this because uh, you know, I didn't want to embarrass my mother. Uh, so there's nothing embarrassing about this. this is physical condition. This, this isn't, a, isn't a judgment from God or anything. Yeah. So I think you have to recognize it. Uh, I want I want people to to. I mean, I do have enormous patience with my dad, and mm-hmm. I think that comes from just knowing what's going on. If you don't recognize what's going on, how can you cope with it? That's yeah, a great lesson uh, for all of us. And 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 I hope they, there is some humor in this as well, where I'm 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 giving different answers. Where he's saying, you know, well, when are you going to retire? I'm like, right now, if I could. Yeah, yeah that's a that's been. a running well, theme for him in the in the piece. Yeah, I for think sure. humor is really important because if you if you know it's part of life, yeah. you have to do it anyways. And I get you. Know, it's, it's funny. I I, I you know I, I talk to a therapist every Wednesday, and he was sort of admiring that that I I was going through all this with him. And I said, honestly, I, the thought that I could wouldn't I, I didn't realize I had that option. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I feel like I have to. That's awesome. You know, not to quote Bruce Springsteen on you, but you know, a man turns his back on his family, he's no friend of mine or whatever. You know, I, yeah. I just don't think you can turn your back on your elderly parents when they need you most. And I'm in a position where I can help them. I write a newspaper column, so I have a lot of time. That's great. And 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 I can well, it was a great it. column. It was it was great. Well, thank you. So much we can learn thank from you. that. Sometimes columnist Neil Steinberg. Happy Father's Day to you and your dad. Thank, thank you, Sasha. I really appreciate that. Same to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.